This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Now batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. Welcome back. This is episode 124 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by Baseballism.com. I am your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And Stack Guy Rye. At least there's a little energy in the room here because things could have been a real disaster. Uh, the Yankees managed to salvage the final game of the Indian series by winning uh, seven to six in extra innings today. They were up five to nothing. Then they were tied. Then they took a six-five lead. Then they were tied, and then uh, they took a tenth inning lead. And of all people, Stephen Tarpley comes in to uh, strike out the side and, and earn it's the save. It's Jonathan Tarpley. Yeah, really. Get his name right, okay. dude. So, uh, the Yankees are now two and five in their last seven games. So after going on a thirty-two and ten stretch, they uh, played two and five baseball in their last seven games. And uh, every, you know, I call them the Jackals, not the New Jersey Jackals, but the Yankee Twitter Jackals. They were out in full force in the last few days because uh, you know it, it's unfortunate. It's like the, it's like people sit there and wait for this team to fall on their face. And what the real sickening part is, it's not Red Sox fans or Met fans or just right. Yankee haters. It's people that claim that they're Yankee fans. And I use this term all the time, and it's called ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. There's 162 games in a major league season. You're not going to play uh, 700, 750 baseball or whatever it was the Yankees were playing over the course of, of 162 games is nearly impossible. And for them to have gone on a 32-10 and 10 stretch with the amount of injuries that they played, it's like they get no credit for it because they had a 2-5 run this last week. Does it concern you at all the fact that they aren't healthy and these guys who have been overperforming um, this entire year so far are still on the field and still contributing that does it make does it concern you more that they had this stretch now does it make you feel uh like we need to get these guys back a little quicker now even when they were on that stretch i was i wanted these guys to come back you never want to overexpose players that are not used to playing a full season guys that are kind of playing above their means like a like a Gio Rochella or even uh Cameron Maben to a degree you always want to get your starters back. It doesn't matter how well the replacements are playing. These guys are replacements for a reason, and starters are starters for a reason. So even when the Yankees were on that stretch, it's not like I had said, oh, no, Stan, take your time, dude. Take another month if you need it. No, the guy is capable of hitting 59 and 60 home runs in a season. Why would you want? Why wouldn't you want him back in your lineup? I agree. I Listen, I agree. It's just more of a sense of we're waiting for the spark to go out and it makes you a little more uh a little more cautious of what to expect from this team until these guys get healthy now look it was just a it was a bad set of circumstances because the yankees uh 
They lost Sunday night to the Red Sox. That was really that could have been a real statement game for them to really bury the Red Sox, as we said. And yeah, but instead, what the Red Sox won three straight right after that they too, did, right? But then didn't they lose the series to the Rays? I yeah, well, they got Molly whopped yesterday by the Rays. They they split a doubleheader. I know they played a doubleheader. I think they lost Friday, split uh, Saturday. I think they lost. They, they lost today, right? If I'm not mistaken. So they did sweep the Royals because the Royals are terrible. But then they played another uh, top team in the league, and they lost the series. So the Red Sox have not gotten to a point in their season yet where they can beat uh, relevant competition. So I don't really worry about that too much right now because I'm really focusing on what the Yankees are 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 or are not doing, and they're not really doing anything well at the moment. Uh, today was a. Another... I think they're offensively they're doing all right. It's just their pitching has been really bad this week. Well, it's concerning because because they came off to such hot starts uh, in both games. They scored what in their they five losses? The two runs in their five losses in these in the seven game stretch. They've scored five runs, three runs, seven runs, two runs, four runs. And uh, I think an, another game of two runs. So, you know, four plus runs in a majority of those games is that the team needs these guys that are out, their Stantons and Judges, or is it we just had really bad pitching this right. week? Well, if you look at the Cleveland series, right, they got off to two nothing leads Friday and Saturday, and then the offense shut down after that. You're right. They scored a couple runs late uh, Saturday, but that game was already out of hand. It was eight to two at the point. So. You don't really take those runs as meaning as much as if they did if they happened in a five to two ball game or five to three right. ball game. So, you know, they jumped out to early leads and they really didn't do anything. And then even today, they uh they jump out five nothing. They had that crazy second inning where that all started with two outs uh almost harmlessly with a Clint Frazier single and then, you know, uh Guardy hits the home run, uh Maben gets the infield hit. You know, LeMayu again, I mean, you know, the machine is just an apropos term for The machine. And, you know, the media can give Gary Sanchez the credit for it, but I think you all know where you heard that first, Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, You had it first? You said it first? Maybe. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, then I guess Gary Sanchez listens to the pod. He probably That's does. a compliment, dude. He probably does. And then, does. Uh, you know, Voight hits the two-run double. It's 5 nothing, And then they don't do anything again. They don't do a damn thing. They get shut down again until the ninth inning. Uh, you know, it was nice of them to come through. That was not a good at-bat by Clint Frazier in the ninth inning. That was a great at-bat that he was able to lay off those two sliders away from him. Shut didn't up. let the moment get too big for him, which is a great sign for yeah. somebody like Clint Frazier. And he got a pitch in the middle of the plate, and he was able to get it out into the outfield, which is at that point in the game, bases loaded, one out, you're tied in the ninth. You just need to hit a sacrifice fly right there. And he did a great job in that at bat. For everybody that wants to kill Clint Frazier, he's not made for New York. You know, he's a he, whatever, you know, his defense, blah, blah, blah. This guy is still a phenomenal hitter, and he had a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous at-bat today where he did not try to be the superhero. He just did what needed to be right. done in that. And you're right. It does say a lot because this is a guy who is constantly scrutinized for being a head case. And for him to kind of slow things down today, slow the game down a little bit, uh, I think was a big step for him. I, you know... This team scares me a little bit right now um, because, like I like I just said, we need guys back. And now, you know, we're hearing bad news about Batances, a guy who we said 
was so important to come back at this point. Um, you know, they come off to to two, three good starts, and the next thing you know, you 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 go into the other room for a minute, you come back, and they're losing. Um, we're going to need reinforcements. I don't think the news is all bad on Batances. It, it just seemed like the Yankees were being a little overly cautious there because the soreness was a little extra than it would be from just throwing a normal side session. It's uh, down more in the lat than the shoulder, I believe, that they said. So they're not really too concerned with it. They're just going to send him for test see how everything comes out. So hopefully it doesn't. it's not a major setback, but it is going to push him back a little bit. You know, so we'll see where that goes. But, you know, like today... You know, this was not a great week for the bullpen. You know, you look at, I believe it was, if I bring this up here, it was uh, Wednesday's game against Toronto. You know, the Yankees are up in that game 7-4 seven, uh, seven to four after a big three-run home run in the sixth inning by, I believe, LeMayu hit that ball in the sixth. Yeah. Um, you think you got the game in the bag. And then the bullpen implodes. It's going to happen. Everybody wants this – is, this is what the issue – my biggest issue is with social media and covering this team is that everybody wants to react to everything as it happens and make an indictment on that player or the season. Things are going to happen over the course of a long season. Guys are not going to be perfect. Zach Britton had gone on a stretch where he didn't give up a run for over a month. Right. And he gives up a big... Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. It sucks. He gave up a big three-run home run to Vlad Guerrero Jr. The Yankees lose the game. That doesn't mean Zach Britton now sucks. It means he had a bad game. You have to compartmentalize these things. Right. For me, it's not the two and five that worries me as a fan. Every team, like you said, is going to go through the, these adversities. It's how you handle that adversity going forward is is what really makes or breaks a team and what really should concern you. Now, if they don't bounce back from this in a, in a week or two, they're still struggling against the Mets and against whoever. The White Sox. Uh, the the, all right, cool. So, you know, if, if that continues there, then, yeah, we need Judge back. We need Stanton back. But... <laughs> I mean, what they they haven't done anything really besides these these last seven games well, to I say otherwise. Was a, I think today was a big big win, even though it was ugly. To to go out there and to win the way they did today could really change the next ten fifteen games for a team because we know how we know how contagious winning is and performing well is over those few games that they lost, you kind of just had that feeling that they were going to lose. Yeah, even today it felt weird, even with the 5 nothing lead. It's right. like you, you look away, you look back, it's 5-4, then it's tied. So I think going into today, they knew they had to win this game, and they almost gave it up again. Uh, but they found a way to to win it. And, uh, and then Hicksie drove in the... Game-winning RBI. Great, great at-bat there, too. Well, going back to the Toronto series, I just, I I hate, 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 hate playing teams coming off long losing streaks because you know it has to turn at some point. Mm -hmm. It just has to. And they they had a winless road trip. I believe they were nine consecutive losses overall. They were coming home. You know, the the Rogers Center is a dump. It just is. It's the worst stadium I've ever stepped foot in. Okay, so. By far. You're playing a bad team. You just It's a classic trap series is what it is. It's exactly what it was. It was a classic trap series. You're coming off playing Boston in Yankee Stadium. The energy is off the roof, you know, through the roof. They go to Toronto playing a team that needs to get something going, losing nine in a row. 
They're they're home. The Yankees are away in a dead building. It's gonna happen. It it, it just it's just dead building, happen. dude. Holy, I've never outside of Tropicana, I have never seen a stadium as empty as uh, oh, the Rogers so Center such, was in this series. A, it's such a joke. At least the one thing that it has the the trap has going for it is that the team that plays there is good. Mm-hmm. So the Yankees can bring themselves to say, hey, you know what? We got to beat this team because right. we're battling uh, them for the division. You know you. You can fall into when seasons are as long as a baseball season. You can fall into little ruts and traps, and that's what happened in Toronto. It, you know, and they probably should have won the middle game. They didn't. You know, it happens. You move on. And then this was a big statement series for the Indians because the Indians, as we you know we talked about, they were what 10, 11 games out in the division. Mm-hmm. They had just come off a series with Minnesota where they took two out of three, and then the Yankees were coming to town. So if the Indians were going to make a season for themselves, they had to do it this week, right? And you knew even that some of the names uh, aren't there, like Kluber's on the IL, Carrasco's on the IL, Ramirez is having a, a terrible series. Really? Uh, terrible, I, I'm shocked that the season, season he's having. You know that there's still talent there with Lindor, and they have uh, some really nice young-looking Santana's players. back there. Yeah, you know, uh, Plezak really impressed me Friday night. And then um, who's the kid that pitched Saturday? I can't think of his name. Oh, oh. that nasty curveball you had there? That thing was nasty. I'll pull it up. Hold up. I can't think of his name right now. Was it Pluto? No, yeah, Pluco. Uh, he came. He came yeah. in with a high ERA, but you know what? He came in and uh, he pitched really well against the Yankees. You know. Um, you know why his ERA was really inflated? His last start, he gave up seven runs in five and a third innings. So you know that really inflated his ERA. But other than that, looking at his game log, it seemed like he's pitched relatively well over the course of the, over the year. So, you know, you, you get beat there. You don't like that they get off to these early leads and then the offense just shuts down. But today, like, here's another big complaint. Oh, the anti-Booners are like, oh, why didn't Boone take Kingley out of the game? Do you guys realize that they scored four runs in ten pitches? Right. What is he supposed to do there? Right. How are you supposed to get a guy ready that fast? All right. You got bombarded. Four runs and ten pitches. There's no manager on the planet that's going to be prepared to have somebody come in and, and relieve in that And situation. on top of that, don't hasn't Canely earned the the right to to have the confidence of his manager to, to get through something like that? Where, like you said, after ten pitches, what? After the first home run, is he supposed to? Is he supposed to get someone? It's warming? five to one. I'm sure Boone at right. that point is like, all right, you know what? First fit, first pitch fastball. He was hunting. He hit it out. Let's go four runs. And then right. nine pitches later, they put up three more runs. No manager is going to be prepared for that. I'm sorry, just not. Plus, it was an opener game too, so they were going to have to use that bullpen regardless. I right. mean, now nah, there was nothing, nothing. Boone, Booner could have done to to stop how you know that and then Adovino gets you know he gets jumped on a three zero fastball that was the first run he allowed since April twenty first I mean I will gladly sign up for another stretch like that from him yeah, where he goes five weeks without allowing a run six weeks whatever it was so you can't I mean yeah you live in the moment it sucks they blew a lead they probably a game that they should have put in their pocket and ran away with but you, you, you <clears> don't make it a, you don't make it a grand indictment on a player or a season these these are Ebbs and flows. That's the. That's going to be like the uh, narrative of this episode. Is that it's like the tide comes in, the tide goes out. Right. So now you just hope now that the Yankees have put this bad stretch behind them, 
They win this game. You put the W in your pocket. You go home. You're facing Jason Vargas in the Mets tomorrow. I know Vargas has pitched really well. He had a complete game shutout in his last uh, outing. But that should be that should be a game you go out there and you win. All right? You go out there. You you you, you Hopefully, you sweep the two games. And then you go into Chicago to play the White Sox, who you owe one to because they took two out of three at Yankee Stadium earlier in the year. So you know what? Go out there and tell them who the better team is. Listen, the key to a successful 162-game regular season is to put together a few, if not a couple more, decent-sized winning streaks to minimize the rough patches, which I would consider this a rough patch. Let's minimize it now. Let's go back out there and start winning again. And really, the rest of the year, you're just looking to win series or to, you know, just keep an even flow. But those winning streaks are so important because this team was two games away from being 20 games over 500. And if they weren't at that point and then you have a, you know, a stretch over the last six, seven games or whatever it's been uh, where you're not winning as much, they impact your season a lot more. So this was a rough patch. They need to come back. They need to sweep the Mets. And they need to keep rolling now. The Yankees were on a 30, we said this earlier, say it again. They were on a 32 and 10 stretch, which breaks down to a 762 winning percentage. So if you want to say that, if you, how many games would you win if you played to a 762 winning percentage over the course of the year? You would win 123 games, which is ridiculous, which right. no team is going to do. Not even the greatest team ever, the 1998 Yankees won 123 regular season games. It's nearly impossible to do. Right. Because that's part of a full baseball season. And even that team had their slumps. They started, what, one and four. They stumbled down the stretch a little bit, which may have been due to boredom because they were so far out in front. But still, it just goes to show you, even last year's Red Sox team won 108. So there was at some point in the year where they dipped a little bit. So you just have to minimize the bad streak. So now they won. You put the two and five behind you and you say, you know what? We won one of our last one. We go home, play two against the Mets. We're playing another bad team in the White Sox. Let's get on a roll again. Because I'm telling you right now, when you look at the the schedule, the Yankees are going to have to. Uh, they're going to be doing a lot of. Um, yeah, you got you got the Mets, the White Sox, then for and then yeah, the Mets and White Sox. And then look, the Rays, the the Astros. You play uh, Toronto, which you know division foe. They just took two out of three. Then Boston, Mets again. Tampa Bay into the All-Star game. So you're not it's not really much of a soft landing spot for them. So now this is really where the Yankees have to start proving that they didn't feast on really bad teams. Because even in that stretch, they, you know, they went four and two against the race. So tell people, you know, show it's time to show people now, hey, you know what? This was a bad week. And and we are the team closer to the 32 and 10 than we are the two and five. That was an issue I had this week because this, like I just said, they were two games away from being 20 games over 500. They lose that last game to the Red Sox, and then they eventually lose the series to the Blue Jays. And I go on social media, and it's like this team's being bashed like they're some piece of garbage team. And I'm just like, why are we, why are we ripping this team apart right now after these few games here look at what they've done and people came back at me and said it's not about them losing it's about them losing to a team like the blue jays i'm sorry you don't it doesn't matter who you're playing it doesn't when you're not playing well you're just not playing well and that's how the yankees just haven't played well over the last 
you know, couple series now. It doesn't matter if you're playing a good team or a bad team. Do you want to beat the bad teams? Of course, but they have all year. This was just a bad stretch of games. And you, you can't just sit there and say they suck because they're, they're losing to the Blue Jays. It, they're just not playing well. They managed to, to steal a game in Toronto and also in Cleveland. And that's it. You get past it. You move on. And you got to keep thinking about winning series from here on out. The second that I heard that the Blue Jays had just completed a winless road trip, I hated it. I hated it. Because I knew that they were going to probably steal a series. It just. I know. I thought about that too. You just, you know, you know. I understand that fans want to live in the moment, but you got to understand how baseball works sometimes. Yeah. The Yankees being as hot as they were, we're going to cool down. And a team like the Toronto Blue Jays being as bad as they were, we're going to win. Heat up. We're going to yeah. win a few games. It's just, <laughs> that's baseball, Susan. I mean, yeah. she, she said that today, by the way. Did she? Oh, really? Yeah. She goes, John was saying something. She goes, well, that's baseball, Susan. <laughs> that's I good. don't think you caught it, though. So you just how do you like that? You don't want one bad week to turn into two bad weeks. So that's where now the Yankees are going to be tested. They got the win today. Just say that was one bad week and and move forward from here. And the reinforcements are coming. Didi's back, which was nice uh, to see. I mean, Saturday, uh, Friday, and Saturday with the bat looked like he hadn't missed a beat. He had a couple. He had a couple hit, extra base hits. He right? had a couple hits on uh, Friday. He had he had a home run Saturday night. A Didi dinger. I mean, uh, you know, Boone puts him in for defense today, and he botches the game winning out. Which, you know, and then you get people like, why would why would Aaron Boone put in Didi Gregorius for defense? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on now. It's classic second-guessing because if he doesn't and uh, Voigt's that first base and Voigt doesn't scoop the ball and this tying run scores, then you're killing him for right. leaving uh, Voigt in the game. Right. You got a one-run lead in a game that you desperately need to win. You're tightening up your defense. Yeah. I, it, there's fans out there that no matter what happens, if the result is not a win, they will find a way to rip apart either the manager or a player or anyone, no matter what decision was made. Players play, right? That's what they do. They play. The so players play. They have to make the plays. Aaron Boone can push 10 buttons all correctly, and ten and 100 people will tell him that he pushed all 10 buttons correctly. And if the players that go into those situations don't perform, you know, that uh, you know you can't really blame him for that, right? Right. I mean, I... But that's what people want to do. They just they want to go out of their way to, to almost fit this narrative that they have that uh, this team's no good, the manager's no good, the Yankees are cheap, which we'll get to after the break. Uh, but you know what? A two and four road trip sucks. But you know what? It could have been worse. They could have easily blown this game today. Two and four is not terrible. You deal with it. You come home and you just you move from there. Yeah. Like I said, you just got to get back in, in the winning ways here because you got the Mets and, you know, you want to beat up on them. They've really underperformed, in my opinion. You got to just keep winning series. And it's frustrating, especially after how many they won in a row, for them to go out and lose not only to the to the Blue Jays, but then the Indians. Uh, yeah, it's frustrating, but let's not throw the towel in here and just say that this team sucks or this manager sucks. He's been pretty damn good, Aaron Boone. And this team's been beyond good. So people just need to take a deep breath and, and back up a little bit. 
breathe. Yeah. It was like feeding season for the Jackals this morning. And it's unfortunate because you, you, you almost hope that these people aren't really Yankee fans because it, it it's like, how could you claim to be a fan of the team and you're just waiting for failure to happen? Right. It's, it's, I don't know. It, it, yeah. that, that's not me. No, you're right. It comes off almost like that they would rather them be bad. There's, there's people out there, especially in the age of social media, that would rather be right about an opinion right. they have than be wrong and have a better result. Like, you know, I hate Aaron Boone. So if the Yankees lose, I'm right about it. So I would rather be right than be wrong and have the team that I've been rooting for since I was five years old win a World Series. It's, it, that uh, is definitely the reasoning behind it. Because, I mean, a lot for me, too. I'm, I'm kind of like that, too, sometimes. I just want to be right. I mean, think about it. Like, But I wouldn't put me being right over the... I put, it out on, so I put it out on Twitter this morning. I was like, it, it's feeding season because the Yankees, you know, they're, they're on a bad stretch of games right now. They're in a bit of a rut losing streak, so that brings them out. Uh, now the, the the Yankees are cheap crowd can come out because they didn't sign Dallas Keuchel, okay, and then you got uh, the re then you got another injury to a starting pitcher, which just compounds the fact that you didn't get Keuchel because it's an injury because Keuchel is a starting pitcher, so he could have came in and replaced Herman. Right. So it was just it was just a bad combination. And these people that you hadn't heard of it because they had nothing to complain about are like, oh, I'm back. It was like an overload this week. Yeah, like they were just waiting. It's a great they week were, for those they were waiting. types of fans. And they were upset that this team has played so well. Yeah, that it took this long. To about. So we'll break down Herman and Keiko on the other side of the break because they kind of, to me, they almost kind of fit together. Uh, but Didi's back, so that's good to see. And hopefully uh, that starts to limit the at-bats of Kendris Morales, who I said this yesterday. Yeah. Um, you can't bat a thousand on your reclamation projects. It's impossible. Okay. Because for every Luke Voigt, there's going to be a right. Kendris Morales. And I thought he was going to pan out when he first got here over the first few games. And that was another that He's like public enemy number one amongst uh, Yankee fans right now. He's, you got to understand the Yankees are going to play him, especially last night when you, you, if you were listening to the broadcast, the starting pitcher had terrible numbers against left-handed batters. So, you know, you know that the Yankees are driven by analytics. They're going to hear that, and they're going to put more lefties in the lineup. Right. Did you hear that Vladimir Guerrero, Kendris Morales story? No. Vlad, well, oh, maybe, Morales maybe did, was, yeah. was in the Blue Jays organization as Guerrero was coming up. And Vlad Sr. told his son, he said, listen, I need you to do one thing. That's seek out Kendris Morales and do whatever he does. You copy it. You emulate every single thing he does. I did hear that. And why was that? Was because Kendris Morales did that exact thing with Vladimir Guerrero. Guerrero Sr. was Morales' mentor coming up with the Montreal X. I think it was. No, was it the Expos at that point? Yeah. yeah. Morales came up with the Expos? Morales was playing with wow. Vlad Guerrero Sr. and he followed his every word. And so he told his son to do the exact same thing Morales did with him. Hey, and if and if your dad is Vlad, Vlad Guerrero, you're listening to him. Absolutely. Well, uh, just to correct you, Ryan. Um, sure. Go Vlad for Guerrero it. did come up with the Expos, but... Uh, Morales came up with the Angels. Yeah, so right. I knew I was wrong. I knew I wasn't in, right there. They met in the Angels organization. You're right. 
But yeah, but okay. I also right. know Rep as, as being a great teammate, a guy that studies the game really uh, extensively. So that could be another reason why the Yankees are keeping him around too. I don't sure. expect him being here much longer. Okay, when John Carlos Stan comes back, he's probably the next guy out the door. Sure. Because we heard that uh, Boone gave an update Saturday on Judge and Stanton. Uh, Stanton is going to uh, begin another rehab assignment either Monday or Tuesday. They weren't sure which day. He's going to spend about a week with the Tarpons in single A. The Tarpleys? Yeah, the Tarpleys. Uh, wasn't that a show with D.L. Tarpley? Sure, man. No, I think it was D.L. Hughley. He's going to spend a, a week with the Tarpons, and then Boone said he's probably going to need a, uh, about another week in Scram before he's ready to come up and rejoin the Yankees. So we're looking at maybe two weeks for Stan. You know, hopefully everything's finally behind him, and he comes back and he rejoins this team because you know what? I don't care what anybody says. Adding John Carl Stan to the Yankees makes them better. Yep. You're complaining almost to the point where I want to uh, Jay and Silent Bob clown shoes all of you. <laughs> Uh, well, find find them. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do in the movie Jay and Silent Bob. They find their haters and go to their address. Is that Strikes Back? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. yeah uh, they're making another one of those. Yeah. So anyway, it's almost to the point where like I want to do that to you. That's how badly you're complaining about Morales. But then at the same token, the guy that could come back and get rid of Morales, you're all complaining. Same people are complaining like, right. Oh, we suck with Stan. He strikes out too much. Do you guys? I don't know if you don't want if you want to talk about this that long, but is Cameron Maben proving himself to be a le- legitimate factor for this team as far as a, a role on the bench? It's going to be really tough when Aaron Judge comes back for the Yankees to make that decision. Honestly, between Frazier and uh, Maben, because Guardy snapped an zero for twenty two today with that home run that he hit. So you see, you know, we talk about ebbs and flows, although Guardy's uh, downward trajectories are, you know, they're disgusting to watch because all he does is roll over the ball to second base all the time. Did you see that Gardner stat when Guardy hits a home run? I think it's the last two seasons. The Yankees are 32 and six when Brett Gardner hits a dinger. That's crazy. I didn't hear the exact little fun fact there. I'll pull up the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it's that. So you need Gardner to step back into that fourth outfielder role. So now it becomes who's playing left field the majority of the time? Stanton, Frazier, who's the DH? You know, are they going to use the DH spot to get all the infielders in there? You know, is Voight going to become more of a DH? If you play first, you know, these are all things you're going to have to ask. And you're not going to have Frazier be a bench player. If the Yankees decide that they would rather have... Almost, that's the, right. That's what I mean. Two bench guys like that kind of do the same thing, but from opposite sides of the plate. Uh, Fred, uh, Gardner and Maben. Frazier's got to go down the strand, but how, right. with the way he's hitting the ball, how do you send him down the strand? And Maben, I mean, as great as Maben's been, is he? He's probably the more expendable guy if Gardner's going to transition into that bench role. Yeah, you would have to imagine so. But how confident are are the Yankees in Frazier's defense? Uh, can, he looked better this this he, last series. He did, but he's really working. Did. He's working, which is but good. But maybe he's a little more... I know he didn't play in the major leagues for Cleveland. Did he ever even make his debut no. with them? No. But uh, just to confirm... Maybe he's a little more familiar with the Guardy stat. Since 2017, including the playoffs, the Yankees are 32-6 and six when Brett Gardner hits a home run. Wow. That's a Katie Sharp... 
stat. Wow. So does that mean that he's only hit a home run in 38 games since then? Maybe even less. Maybe he hit two home runs in one game. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. 2017? Yeah, well, what did he hit I last mean, year? I 12? meant 38 games uh, that he's had, had a home run in. He got in the 20s in, tw- in 2017. Yeah, and I think he hit 12 last season. And he's got a nine this year. He's got a few dingers under his belt this year. So, I don't know. A few big ones. So, you know, Mabern, and Mabin's got a rep as he's, he's come in here. He's been a great teammate. He's, he's, you know, he's fit in seamlessly. He's done everything the Yankees could have asked him for. But he kind of seems like the more expendable guy. I mean. See, I just, I kind of disagree with that just because I don't see in September, come October, if this team is in the playoffs, that it's going to come down to Mabin or Frazier being a starting outfielder. It's going to come down to Mabin or Frazier being a bench player. And we've seen Mabin kind of fill that role very nicely. But is Frazier, have we ever really seen Frazier be a bench player? And is that something you want to do in October? He's going to either, so you'd say he's going to be a starter here or a starter in screen. He's not going to be a bench player. All right, just, but but he's gonna have to be a bench player. He could be a starter, right? Isn't he gonna have to be a bench player? I don't think no. we're gonna if be Judge and Stanton about what Frazier is gonna be because I don't think he's gonna be here much longer. But if yeah, that he could get traded. I don't I don't know about that. But I still don't know how. But that if works. Judge and Stanton come get, back, Christian, yeah, then how isn't Clint Frazier a bench player? All right, who plays left field? Stanton. Okay, who's your DH? No, who plays first? You'd have Stanton, Hicks, and Judge as your outfield. Okay. And then the DH role is going to have to be a rotation between the five middle infielders you have that are playing extraordinarily well. That could be one way the Yankees go, which would deem that Frazier has to go to Scranton or he's probably traded at that point, which in that scenario could work. If the way that the Yankees really want to do it by rotating LeMayu around the infield and giving everybody a day off, then your DH is maybe one of your outfielders, which could be Frazier or Stanton. And then you have Gardner as your bench guy, defensive replacement. I just think with that scenario, it's going to significantly cut down Clint Frazier's playing time. And we just don't know if he can play that type of baseball. Can he be that type of role player? He won't. I'm, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think that Clint Frazier is going to be a role player here. He's going right. to be a starter or they're going to send them right. either to Scranton or in, or in a trade. Plus, you see... I don't think so either. That's why I think they are going to either trade him or send him you down. see how... I just think it's a fair thing to bring up. You see how much of a better hitter he becomes when he's in the lineup every single day. Exactly. When he got injured and came back, he took a while to heat back up again. Even though he wasn't out for that long, that's... If he's going to be playing on the... If he's going to be a bench guy, what kind of an impact is he going to make anyway? Really? He's not going to be a bench guy. Just All right. You, and, the, and almost to the reason why I don't I disagree, man. would even be traded is who's going to play left field for them next year? Right. Who cares That's about next year? Said, but let's, I, let's win it this I year. I understand that. and that's, But I've also been on record as saying that guys in the major leagues right now are contributors to my team. Guys in the minor leagues, I don't care about. So unload my entire farm and get me the title. Frazier's part of my major league team right now, so I don't want to trade him. I've seen him contribute here. That's why you can spout off 100 different names. Al- Alberta Abreu, uh, Luis Medina, uh, Esteban Forio. Don't friggin' care. I haven't seen them in the big leagues. They are expendable to me. I want to win this year. Quinn Frazier is here to help me win this year. That's the way I look at it. I'm sorry. That's just the 
I'm I don't want to hear about prospects anymore. I want results. This is the year that we were sold that we were going to be competitive and be able to win a World Series. So get me there. I, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you. I think that's a very fair uh, perspective on the whole thing. I just, I don't see him here after another few weeks. I, I mean, really don't. the easiest thing to do to solve this problem is to trade Clint Frazier. Yeah, because but, then you don't have that problem. But then you don't have an outfielder for next season, a left and, fielder and rather. That is just that and he's a good. great hitter. He's a great. But do you hitter. want that guy on your roster in October when you have to play him in the outfield? Probably. I mean, maybe you can get away with DHing, but do you want Clint Frazier to be your A Rod permanent DH, your Beltron permanent DH? No, we have one of those already. No, you have, yeah, you have to caddy him. Are you gonna, you know, Guardy would caddy him. That, you got to put October into your head. It, these games are so magnified that one slip up, and I just don't know if he's ready. And I saw Aaron Boone have a quick trigger getting Miguel Andujar out of games in the postseason last absolutely. year. Absolutely, and he might have, maybe he yeah. he would have to take that tack with Clint Frazier. It would have to be even more aggressive. No, yeah. it doesn't. I, I mean, because he was taking. Uh, uh, and do whore out after the fifth inning. He's not oh, going to be right. any more you're right. aggressive than that. You're right. You're right. Uh, the other guy we want to touch on briefly before we hit the break and then uh, bring and talk about Dallas Keuchel is Aaron Judge. Boone said, you know, maybe a real best case scenario is uh, he could be back for the London series, which I almost wanted to freaking throw up when I heard the words London series and wanted to uh, have my head run over by my car when I heard that they, they were trying to bring him back for the London series. Because I really hope the Yankees aren't rushing him because, to, of, because of some pressure from Major League Baseball to get Aaron Judge to play in those games. Yeah, that can't happen. That can't happen. And I don't think they would allow it to. Because, yeah, I'm sure London and the people over there want one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star of Major League Baseball over there playing in those games. But if he's not ready, he's not ready, and he ain't playing in those games. I'm sorry. Yeah. There should be nothing. And, in fact, even if he was ready, let's say in those two days in between the end of that Toronto series and the beginning of that London series, somebody deems him medically cleared. You know what? If I am Brian Cashman, I say, you're coming. We will see you on July 2nd when we are in Flushing to play the match. Right. Right. I agree. I haven't seen this guy since, what, April – what, what day was it? April 19th? It was the second game yeah. of that Royal April Series. 20th. April 20th. Okay. They lost 7-2 so, in that game. So now this guy's missed two and a half months of baseball almost, and you want him to come sit on a plane, go to London, play two games, and then come back? No. Screw you. Well, Aaron, as much as I love you, we'll see you in Flushing. Go you know, go take a rest for a couple days. Enjoy this, Enjoy some peace and quiet. And, and get to the ballpark early, get to City Field early on that, uh, what day is that? On that Tuesday there, and we'll have you in the lineup. Yeah, that's a great point too, because it's going to be a tough adjustment for players that have been have been playing the entire season. That adjustment going to have to play to London, to have Absolutely. to miss all of this time, and then your first series is in a different time zone and on a different continent. That's a lot. Yeah. I would not, honestly. I agree with you, Christian. If he had not already returned to action, I'm not returning him to games in London. I'm not doing it. Me neither. All right. You want to hear from the sponsor? Sure. Why not? Okay. All right. Let's kick it to our sponsor, Baseballism.com. Head over to Baseballism.com. Use promo code CHASE28 for free shipping 
on your entire order, and we'll be back after this. Within a game, a bond is made. He teaches his boy a game he played. Two gloves, one ball, a day at the park, and the two play catch until it gets dark. And his boy does better than he thought he would. So the two played catch as long as they could. The boy and his friends, they play in the streets. Tennis shoes and cans, no bases, no cleats. They hit home runs and they turn double plays. One great catch, and he's Willie Mays. But the sun starts to set in the old neighborhood. And they played in the streets as long as they could. The boy goes to school and plays for his team. He develops his craft and follows his dream. He has moments of glory. And he has moments of shame. But they shape his life and they make his name. But he begins to get old and it's understood. The boy played the game as long as he could. The boy now a man, he has a son of his own and he teaches his son a game he was shown. His son's first game, he sits in the stands. He yells out instruction, but it's not in his hands. And being late for the meeting was not in the plans. But a cheer for his son as long as he can. This is America's brand. This is baseballism. Do you believe in baseball? All right, we're back here on episode 124. Go to baseballism.com. Use the code CHASE28 for free shipping. I don't know how fast they ship, but with Father's Day coming up, you might want to take advantage of the free shipping and get your dad a gift. Yeah, if you love your dad. Uh, I saw a really cool new T-shirt on their website uh, yesterday. It was um, a USA Baseball shirt. Oh, I saw that too. But I it what originally drew me to the uh, website, it was almost like in a gray shirt with like uh, red, white, and blue lettering. But when I went there, it was only in black and gold. That shirt, you have to go... I think they put things in different uh, departments um, if they're running like a special on a new shirt. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just didn't see the option to click through it. I don't know. I went directly to the website. But yeah. anyway, yeah, so some, some cool new stuff on baseballism.com. So check them out. Maybe pick up a cool Father's Day gift. Chase 28 will get you free shipping. Uh, $12 million did not get the Yankees a new starting pitcher as Dallas Keuchel took $13 million to go to the Atlanta Braves. Are we mad? Uh, not mad. I'm shocked. I really thought that what I said was actually going to come true. But I'm if I'm mad at anyone, it's not the Yankees. Really, I mean. Then who are you mad at? I'm, if I'm gonna, if, if I'm you want to be yeah, mad you have at to. someone, it's you don't have to be mad at anybody. I mean, it's your indifferent problem. about. Yeah, I'm in. I'm completely indifferent towards the entire thing. But if anyone, Dallas Keuchel. I mean, you could have played for the New York Yankees for a million. What was it? A million dollars more. Yeah. Yep. You decide to play for the Braves, who are a great up and coming team. But he only signed signed for one year, yeah. right? Yeah. So you he want to go play back into the for, free? He wants to go back out into the free agent market, which is year. stupid. Which is stupid for him. For, for Take a million dollars less, play for the New York Yankees, and guess what? You pitch well, and they make the postseason, which they better. And you pitch well in the postseason. You're going to get a nice contract from them. And not even take a million less from the Yankees. You're telling me Keiko and his team couldn't call the Yankees and say, look. We got a team. We got the Braves. They've offered us thirteen million. You're at twelve million. Brian. We will go to the he. We will send Dallas to the Yankees if you just match that offer. From what I was able to read from stories coming out over the past couple of days, is Brian Cashman set his price and he wasn't moving off of it. Just the same way that he wouldn't move off of what was discussed in the Patrick Corbin 
deal or what they were comfortable with giving Manny Machado. Brian Cashman has a price mm-hmm. he sets on things, and that's it. If you came to him and said $12 million in one cent, he'd still tell you to jump off. Yeah, and you know what? People, people translate all of that into saying they're cheap. It's not that they're cheap. They have a game plan. They have something set. Brian Cashman might not have started at $12 million. Maybe he started at 10 and he knew what his cap was. But after that $12 million, Dallas Keuchel doesn't make sense anymore. Just like, just like everything we see in every game is analytics, same thing goes when these guys are making deals. There's, there's business plans put in place where after a certain amount of money, that player no longer makes sense. So why make a transaction at this point that doesn't make sense for them? You know, there's this there's a stack called war wins above replacement. There's also cost above replacement where a player mm. is valued at a certain price and it doesn't make sense to chase him at a different price. And it could be even as and it, it might not be as literal as a penny, but that's how the Yankees are operating right now. I mean, now. this is basically a penny in terms of baseball money. In terms of baseball money. And you know what? The people who were immediately upset about it, they don't bother me. Because you you thought the Yankees should have gotten him, that's fine. It's the people who now that Herman is hurt that come out and say this is why we should have gotten. Those are the people that piss me off. Because two days ago you were probably saying you were glad they didn't get him, but now just because this happens, you think the Yankees are wrong for letting a guy like Keiko go. Look, I've always been steadfast in saying that I think the Yan- he would be useful for the Yankees. I don't see him as a game changer. We've seen. Uh, scouting reports put out by our good friend Dan Federico who uh is now is he is he badge certified he's now badge got certified that check mark now. now so i mean you know dan you have only us to thank for that even though we can't get certified ourselves but that's another uh, i'll put in a good word okay i know twitter we have that clout you know we do that for people yeah, we got that yeah. clout okay anyway so you know i now if you didn't take dan's word for for what he said now that you know twitter has said you know hey you know what we're, we're gonna verify this guy here okay okay he means okay. he's certified now okay he's you legit. know we've seen talent evaluators have said that some of them don't believe he's even an upgrade over cc sabathia or jay hap so i mean the yankees yeah they paid uh hap 17 million dollars a year but again now you're going to talk about another guy that you're going to commit 12 million dollars to for the rest of the the year that's a back end of the rotation guy. The Yankees need somebody that they have to push towards the front of the rotation. Right. And, you know, again, with the the whole the Yankees are cheap thing, they offered a guy $12 million to play for Not what? even a full season. Not even a full well, season. Well, look, for- I said that I thought he made the most sense. He did months. make the most sense. But you were I, absolutely but right I on always that. said, I always followed that statement up with, but I want Bumgarner. Now that Keuchel is no well, longer going Did to be you see what Yankee, today? it better no. be Bumgarner. Uh, he gave up okay? a, a bomb to Max Muncy. And Max a bomb Gardner? Didn't really uh, get out of the box too well and uh, too fast. And Bumgarner had something to say. And Muncy had something to say to him. And the umpire even told Bumgarner to kind of pipe down a little bit. I Didn't like he have a history with, uh, who is that, Puig? Kind of showboated a home probably. run against I mean, Bumgarner. Bumgarner was probably a lot of bad blood between the Dodgers and the Giants. Anyway, I think so. it was Bumgarner that really freaked out, and I don't know. And he met him at home plate when he was getting there, Ooh, or maybe I'm thinking of Brian McCann with uh, Carlos Gomez. Yeah, but well, I don't know. I think it was Bumgarner. Also, who knows? I think it was Puig and yeah. Bumgarner. It might have been. But again, I'll look into it. You could say, why don't the Yankees go to 13? Now, what if Atlanta goes to 14? And the Yankees are supposed to go to 15? Right. And then what if Atlanta says no? Right. Right. 
So the Yankees, no, you're right, dude. It's the same thing we said with Patrick Corbin. The Yankees have said, all right, we'll give you five for 100. Well, why aren't you going to five for 125 or whatever? What did he sign for? Six for 120 or 140 or whatever the hell? Yeah, I think it was 140, dude. 140. You don't outbid. If you have a price. Six for 130. If you have a price of something's worth, that's where you are. It's just what it is. And to follow up with my last statement that I said the people that pissed me off the most was the people who came out of the woodwork after Herman got hurt. You know what people are going to piss me off even more than that? If Keuchel pitches unbelievably in Atlanta. Yeah, it'll be that same uh, same group that with the Garrett Cole Anduhar thing. Yep. But or the, Verlander thing. The the issue with Keuchel pitching in the National League East versus the Yankees pitching for the Yankees in the AL East, it's almost it's, it's almost apples to oranges and not apples to apples because and somebody said this on uh, the fan earlier in the week and I don't know who said it, but if you're Dallas Keuchel and you want to go back out to the free agent market where are your numbers going to look better? Pitching for the Braves in the NL East where you have to face the pitcher in weaker lineups or in the AL East where you're facing the Red Sox and in, in the, in the Rays and in, in, right. in the Astros. Even though maybe the uh, National League is more balanced, the American League is much more demanding as a pitcher to pitch to because you don't have that landing spot with the, with the pitcher hitting. The whole Puig Bumgarner incident actually started in 2004. Puig charged the mound on Bumgarner. Then last year it continued, where uh, Bumgarner actually oh, threw at him again. You mean 2014? Yeah, I said 2014. You said 2004. Well, maybe that's what I heard. Oh uh, no, I I I don't know. Maybe I said 2004, but I meant 2014. We'll have to play that back, you know. Okay, we're good. But that's about. pretty. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a. So that just goes to show you, he does not like when guys showboat when they hit a dinger off of him. And um, nor should he. No, I like he that shouldn't. About him. No, yeah, I like that mentality. That's awesome. Ryan, what were you saying about Herman earlier today? That he got, he got, I know he got placed on DL with the hip flexor strain, but apparently this is going back a few starts now. He's, apparently he has been feeling tension in his hip since May 26th. I think it was a series against the Kansas City Royals. And that's and really when he started to fall off. He no? said it was okay. He'd wake up feeling sore, but it was whatever. But then after his last start, he said he woke up the next day, that whatever, that Friday or whatever, and he just felt like, a tremendous amount of pain more than he had felt. Do you ever notice like whenever uh, Yankee pitchers who have been pitching well, they start to fall off. It seems to be a few games and then they're finally like, oh, they're injured. He was hurt. They're going on the eye. Same thing happened with Paxton. Same thing happened with Severino last year yeah. too, right? He was kind of like maybe. Yeah. So he kind of kept this to himself. Yes. Which I don't like. No, you don't. Because I hate now- that, but that's just the pitcher's mentality, man. Even though we just made the argument that the Yankees don't chase, would they have chased? Would that maybe change Cashman's Possibly. mode of thinking if he knew that uh, Herman was hurt back on what the twenty sixth? He started yeah. against Kansas City. I I think it mm. could have, man. Because who do we say has kept this rotation afloat with Severino being gone? It's been it's been Herman's monster. S- start to the season and it's funny it's right it's right at the time where he started to struggle a little bit he yep. stunk against kansas city he wasn't great against boston and he wasn't good uh against cleveland yeah wasn't he also nine and one at the same time he too? was nine like, and one he was in the, low, the mid to low twos very he's similar had three bad starts in a row and this all coincides with the injury now. it was his he was nine and one with a two six oh era and then after that one start against kansas city it jumped up to like three four six 
maybe that was even after the Boston series. And now I don't. I can't even imagine what it's at right now. It's. I bet you it's close to four. I bet you his ERA, if you look it up, is close closer to four than it is to three. Three eight six. There you go. Wow. There you go. That just shows. Yeah, I think there was a stat he get, he had given up four home runs in his first four starts and he'd given up nine home runs in his last four starts. So, I mean, if so. you really could be mad at anybody for not getting Dallas Keuchel, maybe it's Domingo Herman. Maybe if he opens his mouth after he starts feeling it in the Kansas City series, you know, maybe the yeah. Yankees shut him down then yeah. and they're like, you know what, now we might need, you know. Maybe because, we budge on that million. Maybe. Even though I don't, I still really don't think Cashman does because just as the way he operates. Mm-hmm. Maybe he does. Maybe something changes their mind. At well, that you know, point. I mean, we don't have Vermont now. Well, we gotta maybe go out and get Dallas. You know, and this could be a chance for Chance Adams. You know, double double wordplay there. Chance for Chance, because uh, it seems like he might be the one that you think he would be the guy. That's what I heard today. That he's I think he, yeah, I think most likely, and he looked pretty good in his couple he outings, has, right? I mean, what are you gonna do? You gonna Nothing special? You but... can't keep bullpenning it. You just can't. No. You can't keep going with the opener games. No. I do like how Green looks in that role, though. Yeah, but you know what? Green's biggest issue now, he looks much better, but it's like he gets two quick outs, and then next thing you know, he's on the verge of giving up a big, you know, a big home run or something. He got through the first inning in seven pitches today. Right. When he gets extended. So, and I understand why Boone did it, because he didn't really have a true long Mm -hmm. man today. He knew he only had a... Cortez for yeah, the Do you think he called over to Francona and asked if he could borrow uh, AJ Cole for the day? No. AJ Cole did pitch today. I know. And that really pissed me off that the Yankees didn't do anything against AJ Cole. After How about all that? the games that AJ Cole blew up yet last year, he couldn't he couldn't return the favor now that he was on the other side. Yeah. What's the guy's name on uh, Cleve- Cleveland? He was pitching in the eighth or ninth. Simber? Simber? Yeah. Did you see his delivery? No. His mechanic. I was listening to the whole game. Like, his front yeah, leg. His, his front leg. You know how like your <clears throat> your back legs on the mound. You Correct. know, and his front leg instead of it being like this is like this. His front leg is turned facing the leg that is uh, leaning against the mound, and then he does that submarine toss. But it's filthy, dude. They have a. They actually have the best bullpen in baseball. Right and now, Brad, statistically? Yeah, yes. Or that's an opinion. No, no, it's it's statistics. Look at who they, I'm guy, Rye. Look at who they they uh they ran out there today after Bieber. AJ Cole, former Yankee, Nick Goody, former Yankee, Oliver Robert Perez, Perth, former Yankee, former Met. I believe Olsen was a former Yankee as well. Mm-hmm. Then Simber, who came over in the Brad Hand trade, and then Oliver Perez, who was in the Yankees minor league system last year. Who good for Oliver Perez, man. He's been going a long time, and he had like a CC Sabathia type of resurgence where he had to recreate himself, yeah. and he's done a great job. He's just one of these guys that just got to hand it know, to him. He's a lefty specialist, and, and he'll have a job probably until next season when they get rid of the three batter. When they go to three batter, right. yeah, yeah. Got to Brad hand it to him. Who I actually <laughs> that watching him in this series kind of like brought back how much I wanted him here last season because I that guy going to be a Yankee. He reminds me a lot of Andrew Miller. In that his it's just really because he's a lefty that can throw a slider that is just unbelievable, man. How can you throw? How can you throw? I wish I could throw a baseball like these guys, like that guy on the uh, on St. Louis. What's their closer name? Hicks, Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks. He throws a ninety-five mile an hour changeup. Well, his fastball is like what one hundred one, one hundred two consistently. A ninety-five mile an hour changeup. 
Imagine, Chris. Would you look at it? Sometimes that's all you could do. Okay, you just gotta look at it. Well, would you look at the schedule here going forward? Now Uh, we're gonna see the Mets for two at Yankee Stadium. Vargas against Tanaka. Who? Congratulations to Masahiro Tanaka. He missed the Cleveland series because he went home to be with his wife. Who and the fans hate him for it. They gave uh, gave birth to a baby girl. I mean. You know, so her uh, pregnancy, it was Tanaka time it for was the baby Tanaka to be born. For the baby to be born. Yeah, I guess so. There you go. Uh, Vargas, who's Sorry. coming off a complete game shutout. But, he's pitching nice this year. Yeah, but he's still he's still. What's Jason his uh, numbers like? He's uh, got a three five seven ERA right now. That's wow. really good. He was at like an him. eighteen ERA last season. Hey, he's got a better ERA than Domingo Herman right, right now. Let's huh? beat him though. Oh, they're Please. gonna mop him up, Please. dude. He is the perfect we, kind of pitcher. If we get shut down by Jason Vargas, I'm gonna literally break my toe. Is he left hand? Yes. Is he left hand? Yeah, I, so. I didn't know that. He's he's a junk ball. Oh, they're they're gonna destroy him tomorrow. I had somebody tweet me after the, the game today because I was like, "Ugly W." Now go home, face the Mets, win, get healthy, and he's like, "Oh, we have to face Jason Vargas tomorrow." Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Dude, if that's come what you're on, about, you just stop watching baseball." I've never heard that, that sentence before I'm in my life. I'm not saying that Jason Vargas can't go in there and throw it's a good Jason game tomorrow. Vargas, but I mean, is, are you, is that something you're worried about? Like you're really sitting there worried about Jason Vargas throwing the a good Vargas. game? Vargas. Yeah. So you got Vargas Tanaka and then uh, Zach Wheeler, who's been very inconsistent with a 4-6-1 year array against Paxton. So you, you want to see another big outing out of James Paxton before the Yankees uh, have an off day Wednesday and hit the road for four against the White Sox. This schedule is so terrible because they just disgusting. They just had a six game road trip. Come home for two, go on the road for four before they're back home again. And then they're in London. It's so like honestly, Major League Baseball, you got to get your stuff together with that. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. Speaking of schedules, hours, you're going to get a very uh, big dose of NYY sports talk this week. Monday, as you're listening now, the uh, regularly scheduled pod recapping the week. And we are pleased to announce we have a special Tuesday podcast coming out. Uh, we interviewed Bob Klappish, uh, formerly of the Bergen Record, now of the New York Times, and the co-author of Inside the Empire. So that was really cool to talk to Bob. Uh, you'll hear that interview Tuesday. We'll release that as a standalone show. And then since the Yankees have an off day Wednesday, we'll record then, recap the Mets, and you'll hear that Thursday. So there you go. Three new episodes of the NYY Sports Talk podcast this week. A goo. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Anybody else got anything? No, man. Let's just go win. All right. So follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Follow our sponsors, Baseballism, at Baseball is music code chase the code chase twenty eight for uh, free shipping. It's that guy right? Go Yanks, Chris. Say goodbye. Peace.